Hi, and welcome to the Imaginal Podcast. This is a place that protects and explores what we need to actualize our uniqueness. And like the caterpillar, who carries its butterfly blueprint in its imaginal cells all the way to the chrysalis and then melts into liquid before it transforms, we too have an inner knowing that can tell us how to make our wings. And here's your host, life coach and consultant, Lori Sauce who goes most commonly by her nickname, Sauce. Hello, it's Sauce. Welcome to the podcast. We are taking a couple of weeks off for the holidays. So what I wanted to do is bring to you a reprise of a couple of episodes on fear that I feel are pretty perfect for this stage of our Coaching from Afar series. So here is an episode that I did with Leslie Page And with it comes the warmest of blessings. I hope you are well. Hello, it is Sauce. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you? So glad to be back with you. And today, Leslie Page is back. We're finishing our series on when you have self-esteem, but you still have fear. And we had some really cool feedback about the, those episodes, and I'm just so grateful. And we decided to finish off this series with a bit of storytelling. And we thought we would just link arms together with all of you and bring a couple of stories of fear to the circle so that w- we might just normalize it and also see what could happen if you actually just stepped through it, stepped over the threshold and didn't let fear have such a grip on things. So we share these stories with the hope that you will bring your stories to. And also, if there's anything that you're thinking about right now that has a bit of fear attached to it, that you will see that what's on the other side of fear is so much more than you could imagine. And so today, Leslie brings a story that is so awesome. <laughs> it's, it's touching. It, it will probably make you laugh or get choked up. And it has all the makings of one of those very feel-good stories. And it's true. And I really believe that this will catalyze your memories of your own stories of when you move through fear. And maybe it will also give you a little extra dose of encouragement to move into whatever new space is calling to you. If you haven't yet met Leslie here on the podcast, I will link all of her episodes in the show notes. I think you're going to love her. Everybody does. And just briefly, Leslie is an accomplished singer. She has traveled the United States and Canada on tour with Joe Walsh, formerly of the Eagles. And honestly, when you hear Leslie sing, you will just feel her heart and her life experiences within her voice. And she's known for this incredibly rich, sultry tone. She shared the stages with so many artists and she gigs always. (laughs) And so if you can get out to hear her sing or even just go catch her stories on her social media, I think you will just be so blessed. So. Yeah, Leslie has transformed my life as well as so many others. And so I'm so proud and happy and really delighted to bring you this story as well as just this beautiful person. And the last part of this 
Fear series, as well as my part of the storytelling will be next week. Okay, I'm so happy to bring you this episode. I hope you just love this discussion that I had with Leslie Page. Here she is. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Leslie Page, continuing our series on fear. Hi, everybody. Hi, Leslie. How are you? Hi. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Except for that, <laughs> right before we got on the call, I just dropped my electric toothbrush in the toilet. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's good. The tops are replaceable, so that's okay. Oh, I dropped it the other way. Yeah, but... <laughs> Oh, Oh, I see what you mean. The tops. Yeah, no, I I already already threw the whole thing away because I got so creeped out. Someone's got to go to Costco now. (laughs) Yes, after this. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. That was so good. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, I love that. We need to put that song in the show notes, I feel like. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) So what a perfect introduction today we're going to talk about. Well, we're bringing a little bit of lightheartedness, but mostly we're talking about how fear, how moving through fear can be empowering. Mm -hmm. And we're coming off of our last two episodes a little bit ago when we talked about fear. And today and next week, what we're going to do is go into a little bit of storytelling because moving through fear is so vital, but also it's something I think that it's helpful to be bolstered by or with other people. Gosh, that was a terrible <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I understood what you said. <laughs> I was like halfway into it and I was like, this, these words are not going into a sentence. <laughs> we got the concept. <laughs> okay, perfect. So as we link arms in this time of storytelling, it is so that we can catalyze each other into moving through some fearful territory because we really want to see what your life is on the other side. And like Leslie mentioned in one of the previous episodes, oh, Les, would you just start with the door analogy? Oh, yeah. So like, you know, every time I think of fear, I think of it just being a door labeled fear. And, you know, usually, typically it's unlocked. And you're just standing on one side, afraid of what's on the other side. But usually once you open that door and you're on the other side, you're like, what was I so afraid of? This is awesome. You know? I I love that line so much. Yeah. Yeah, And we just, we think that the door is so closed, Mm -hmm. you know? Or whatever's on the other side of that door is super scary. Right. 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 Oh my gosh. What? I think people just, if you're listening well, obviously you're listening. If you heard me just say that, what is, not enough sleep. And uh, clearly, oh my gosh, this should have been a coffee episode. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh my gosh. Okay, sauce. Okay, uh, and out for you listening. Yes, <laughs> if you can bring to this conversation a, something that you are a little bit fearful of, maybe right now, but you know that. Going through that door is going to bring you something so much bigger and so much more valuable. And who knows what else? Who knows who and what you will experience? So, Leslie, could you share your story, which I don't know the details to yet, but your story (laughs) about when you moved through something that was initially fearful and it moved into a place of empowerment? Yes. So this story, my mom actually loves to tell this story. This is one of her favorites to tell. She gets super excited. So I'm going to share it today. 
So oh, I wish she was here to like pipe in. <laughs> oh boy, do so do I. <laughs> I think she tells it a little better than I do, but I'll do my best. So I don't think I knew you yet. This was my freshman year in high school. Okay. And so <laughs> I sort of grew up in a lot of fear uh, and was guided with fear as the guiding stick. So I always wanted to audition for things, singing wise or, or just anything and bless her. But my mom was so afraid of me being made fun of that she would intentionally make me miss auditions. Oh, oh my gosh. Bless her heart. Like she really <laughs> thought she was protecting me. That's a whole nother episode <laughs> to dig into. But <laughs> okay, okay, to give some context, in high school, I had only ever done choir. I had never done any solos. I had never sung in front of anybody. But ever since I was little, I kind of always knew that I was pretty good. Like I just could kind of, I just knew that's what I was supposed to do. Right. Yeah. So finally in high school, during class, Mr. Soderwall, our choir teacher told us that there was an audition for a talent show. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to audition for this talent show. And so I auditioned during class and I make it into the talent show. And I go oh. home and I tell my mom, mom, guess what? What, honey? I auditioned for the talent show and I got in. And her yeah. face just went like white. She was terrified for me. Oh, oh because, wow. Because like, you know how parents always think their kids are great. So yes. she would just think, you know, maybe I just think she's great and she's not actually great. I don't know, you know, so she was like, oh, no, <laughs> she got into an, an audition and slipped it by. I didn't tell her that I was auditioning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But your <laughs> voice is in, in, unbelievable. But well, I, know, I know, I know. Well, that's part of the punchline. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fast forward a couple of weeks and the talent show happens. And this is actually, at, we had to do it at another high school because our theater wasn't big enough at the time. Because remember, they had like remodeled the theater. And I think it had opened like our my second year, my sophomore year. So I think it was at university high school. Oh, so yeah. yeah. And so one of my friends and one of the higher up choirs, he was the MC for the night. And we all knew each other because we had been in choir, you know, in the choir space together. And all of us choir kids kind of hung out together. Total epic nerd fest. <laughs> but super cool. Actually, uh, super cool. And um, so I'm super nervous. I'm super nervous. I've never sung in front of anybody. And I was also not one of the popular kids. I was very comfortable in my choir area, but not so much in the rest of the existing high school world. The quad was like terrifying to walk through. And to be fair, you were ninth grade then, right? Though like Ninth grade. First yeah, year. I was, yeah. I was a freshie. I was a freshman. So I was <laughs> a brand new baby. And so one thing that I've noticed through my musical experience is it early on, whenever I would get ready to go on stage, my knees would shake and oh, my yeah. teeth would chatter. <laughs> it oh, was just cute. a thing that my body went through and I was so, so nervous. So my mom tells the rest of the story because she's sitting in the audience and she's sweating bullets. <laughs> like, because, you know, the, you get the little pamphlet and you see all the kids' names and my name is coming up next. And she's, you know, there's bunch of kids in the audience and she's like there's like spitballs flying and you know paper airplanes going and all the kids are you know in a racket you know being all noisy and stuff and she's just like oh my god this is gonna go one of two ways <laughs> like oh boy <laughs> and so then you know the the MC comes out and he announces me and 
And I like creep out onto the stage because I'm so nervous and I'm, you know, all stiff and, you know, the lights are shining on me. This is the first time I'm ever on stage and I'm it's a total epic like movie moment here. And it's like, I'm all nervous and, you know, kind of squinting because the lights are in my eyes. And of course, the other kicker is that I picked a Whitney Houston song. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which one? It was I Believe in You and Me from The Preacher's Wife. Oh, my gosh. And this song has oh like gosh. a crazy, epic, like belting moment at the end. And so my mom is thinking, oh, my gosh, not only did she audition without telling me, she picked a Whitney Houston song. <laughs> what is going to happen here? And so the music starts and I just start singing. And honestly, the minute I walked past the threshold from backstage, past the side curtains into the audience, like something shifted in me. Whoa. It's, and this always happens. Like from even now in big moments, like not if I'm doing little gigs and stuff, but when it's like a big deal. I get this thing where I get kind of nervous backstage, but the minute I step into this spotlight, it's like a switch goes on and, you know, it's still rowdy and the kids are, you know, making noise and throwing those spitballs. And then I start singing and slowly the whole room starts quieting down. Oh my God. And my mom is just like (laughs) looking around like, oh my gosh, here it comes, you know, kind of, you know, and then the big moment happens and, you know, I sang my face off and it was amazing. And oh my God. the whole room just like roars in applause. Oh my like, God. It was like, seriously, like, I don't know, high school musical or something. Like it was one yeah. of those movie moments where, you know, I start singing and I just let it all out there. And it was like the first time I stepped into who I was really supposed to be. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> but I had to push through that fear. And I also had to bypass my mom's fear. Right. You know, because she was afraid for me and rightfully so. Like I was bullied as a kid and, you know, I came home crying a lot and, you know, so I get it. She wanted to protect me and keep me safe in this little bubble, but I wasn't made to be in a bubble. You know, I was made to be who I was made to be. Right. And so from that moment on and the next day at school, all the kids came up to me, hey, aren't you the girl that sang in that talent oh, show? Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> it, I was just showered with praise for like a day. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, life went on and the next thing happened. And, you know, but for me, it was like the first moment I really pushed through fear and stepped into my calling. And it was like epic. And I still, to this day, we actually recorded it. Oh, um, whoa. We recorded in. In the music room, they had like a little side closet room and they set up a microphone and everybody that sang songs or performed anything audible, we recorded it. And there's a CD somewhere. And my mom, she loves to show that CD to everybody now. Oh <laughs> my copies God. for everybody. But that's my, that was I my will buy that CD. <laughs> she will gladly burn you like 20 copies. <laughs> like, oh, no, no, no. I would pay. All of your friends. I love your mom. Although also, <laughs> I, I, no, I, I feel like that people are going to write in wanting these. Be- be- because, maybe, because- I'll, <laughs> maybe there's a video around somewhere. I don't know. I don't have a video of it, but maybe that exists somewhere. Oh my the- gosh. If you can post it anywhere, like <laughs> we will link it. We will. Because. One, your voice is unbelievable. Like your voice is legendary at Woodbridge. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't catch Leslie's interview, which I will link 
I was one of Leslie's teachers back back in a little bit ago. I'm not aging you, I'm aging myself, myself because you said I didn't think I knew you yet. I was in ninth grade and just so they I was also in high school at that time. So you oh, yeah, I, think I you should probably clarify. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, think you were my so, teacher yet. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's because we don't have that same relationship anymore. Right. So but I did I met you in tenth grade right. and so I would have met you the year after and when I met you, you were really well known in school for how unbelievable your voice is. And not just your voice, but you and the way you perform and, and your art. And that was just so known. But to think that it wasn't known, I can't believe that there was that moment that you didn't, you hadn't ever. That was the moment. Wow. That was the moment. I had never sung in front of anybody but myself. I was always, I knew I had something inside of me that needed to come out. But I was so afraid to be seen. Oh. And mm-hmm. to, you know, and, and I don't ever think it was a doubt of what I could do. It wasn't a doubt of me. It was a doubt of judgment, probably. And just the, and, and probably maybe, you know, because of all the fear that my mom sort of impressed. <laughs> upon me without knowing it. I mean, it wasn't her intention to do that, of course. Like, you know, she's the sweetest woman ever. She was, her intention was to protect me. But I think in her fear, it cloaked over me creating this fear because maybe because she didn't think I should do it. Maybe there was a reason or I don't know what it was exactly. I couldn't quite pinpoint it, but I just knew. I think we all get to a place where we just kind of have to shake all that stuff off and just go and do because if we don't we might regret it forever you know <laughs> if we don't just push through that door we all have those moments where we're just staring at the door and we don't know what's on the other side of it but we have to just put our hand on the handle turn the knob and and open no. and walk through and it's so easy not to I think that's the thing mm-hmm. we can be so clever to talk ourselves out of it or really have unbelief. Mm-hmm. But what's so cool is that in your story, you said that something changed when you stepped through that threshold yeah. into the audience. And that just gave me the same image of that door that you didn't know it was on the other side until you walked through. It was like that same threshold. Like yeah. Literally, you stepped through. Leslie, can you describe any detail that you remember of what allowed you to take that microphone and step onto that stage? And then when you started to really own it even more, I don't know if you can remember any of those details. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember it very vividly. It was, it was like, well, the cool thing is when you're on a stage like that, and you've got those lights in your face, you really can't see anything anyway. Mm. You can't see Mm. anyone. And what I've always found for myself is it's a lot harder for me or more intimidating for me to sing in front of a few people than it is to sing in front of thousands of people. You know, now I've I've sung on stages at like the United Center in Chicago. And, you know, I've sung in front of literally thousands of people. And it feels more comfortable than standing in my living room and singing in front of six people because you can see everybody's face. <laughs> That's why they always say like, <laughs> imagine everybody's in their underwear. So I never did that. But another trick was to always look above somebody or look at their forehead and not in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Because when you're making that connection, that becomes very intimate and sometimes intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just remember it was like, okay, he said my name. I have to just do it. I can't back out now. 
I've made this commitment mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my best. And I I can still remember I'm feeling the anxiousness, like that feeling of I felt a little anxious. My knees were shaking and my teeth were chattering because that's what would happen. Uh, like mm-hmm. chatter, 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 knee, 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 shake. But I had the microphone in my hands and kind of pressed and clenched up against my chest. And I pretty much stayed in, in that position the whole time I was singing with one hand, one hand on the microphone and right up against my chest. And I just sang. And I think for me, because that music has always been my safe space, mm-hmm. I just sort of shut everything else out like I've always done. That's what I was able to do to help me get through things in my life is I'd close my eyes and I would sing. And that became something would change. It was like I'd be all of a sudden was in this like cloak of protection. Uh-huh. You know, and it was just like I was safe in this space. And I, the minute I closed my eyes, I was able to just do it. And I didn't even hear anything going on in the audience. Like the whole thing, it was like, you know, when you're about to pass out and you, all you hear is like a hissing sound. And it's like yeah. everything kind of just goes black almost, but you just hear like a ee. Like that's kind of what it felt like. I was just out of my body, <laughs> but in my body. And I just did it. And then once it was over, it was like I came to and all of a sudden, you know, everybody in the room is standing and screaming and cheering. And, you know, it was like all of a sudden I was back in reality. And it was not at all what I was expecting. I didn't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. Well, you wouldn't have a reference point, I guess. Yeah. But what a reflection of truth, you know, of what and and a vision and it shifted something really big shifted mm-hmm. and i think that's what i was going to say about the cd is that it captured the moment like it has this, the song would have been so incredible because of your voice mm-hmm. and your the way you sing mm-hmm. but it also captured the transitional moment that i mean that was like absolutely life changing yeah. for you i would guess absolutely and i think too you know, as I'm thinking about it, I was given permission. Oh, describe that. Like, I feel like by always never getting the opportunity, it was like I was not given permission. And I was always very much, and I still am, you know, very much a rule follower. I was always very respectful of my mom and authority. And, and so when I saw that there wasn't a space for me, or the opportunity wasn't there, it was almost like, I don't have permission to do that until I actually sort of took it for myself, you know, because mm-hmm. that the outside mm-hmm. influence wasn't there to prohibit me from doing it, you know, and then once right. I was accepted, it was like, okay, I have permission. Here I go. You know, now I can really step into it. And I think what keeps us a lot of times is prohibition that we put on ourselves. It's not even an outside force necessarily. I think, you know, nine times out of 10, it's just something we've believed for so long that it has become a rule almost. Yeah, Um, I think. Yeah. And, and, you know, taking back permission to live our lives and, and be who we were made to be and use the gifts we were given and go out there and be somebody and show the world what we have to offer, whatever that gift is. Yes. And like you've said before, someone who's meant to receive it will receive it. And 
think of how life changing your music has been for people mm-hmm. ever since that moment. Yeah. And I think permission is the thing. We're all waiting for permission, I think, when we're afraid or when we're not sure if we're good enough, but we forget our birthright. Mm-hmm. And and no one's going to go around giving permission necessarily. I mean, sometimes we get recruited, recruited or something, but generally our dreams are within ourselves and we don't even, people don't even know we want to do these things. And so, yeah, permission is such a important thing to, what would your encouragement be for someone who feels like they don't have permission to do this thing that is so them? Well, in my case, I would look at, well, who's in charge of me? Yes. I'd have to kind of analyze that because it's not just something I can say. It's something I have to discover for myself. It's something you'd have to discover for yourselves. And what is it that's keeping me from this thing? Who's in charge of me? I mean, as a child, you have parents or you have people that are in charge of you. But at a certain point, we become adults and we are in charge of ourselves, but we still hold on to those guidelines, rules. And in a lot of times, the rules are meant to protect us, like, you know, <laughs> you know, the experience with yeah. my mom, but of kind of didn't quite backfire because, you know, I still ended up being who I was going to be. It just took me giving myself permission <laughs> in that moment. But mm-hmm. figuring out and giving yourself permission to be in charge of your own life. Right. To have agency and choice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, Yes, there are certain things that you can't do because it's against the law or because, you know, like you, you said, no trespassing. <laughs> We're not, not saying, saying that. Like, yeah. you know, don't go wander into that old house because it says no trespassing and you're in charge and you can go do that. Give yourself <laughs> permission. Yeah. That's not, but in the things that are, you know, <laughs> can you imagine everybody goes out now and starts like breaking into old haunted Causing houses? Rock, yeah. Breaking all, yeah, breaking. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, we heard it on a podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> she said I could. <laughs> no, we're not saying to commit crimes or anything. But you know, when it comes to the decisions of your life, I mean, I think even sometimes you look at people's choices and, you know, going to college or getting the jobs that they wanted to get, those were influenced by their parents. They weren't really given the choice to choose to do this or choose to do that. And at a certain point, you have to be responsible for your own happiness. Yeah. And if it makes you happy yes. and and that's what's going to make you really happy, but it might not make so-and-so happy or it might disappoint this person or whatever, you have to look at the end of the day. I think, okay, who's paying my bills? This is These are the questions I ask myself <laughs> when it comes to what do I care about? <laughs> like, is this person paying my bills? Right. No, right. they don't get to dictate what job I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no. you know what right. you know what level of intimacy do I have with this person? Like is it a parent? Is it a friend? Is it a coworker? Is it my neighbor? The look at the level of closeness and do I really truly care about this person's feelings and if they do do they really care about me and mine? Yeah. You know, yeah. and I take all those things into account. <laughs> I know, and it doesn't mean we don't seek counsel, but no. weighing weighing the information and and not being trapped or not being uh, having someone else make decisions for your own life as you were saying too and knowing yourself i think one thing that seemed really literal and also metaphorical is when you were talking about you just closed your eyes and you sang and you and you blurred out everything else mm-hmm. and you, you said you it was out of body but also you were so in your body but you i i don't know did, to me it seems like maybe you were almost most 
your most pure self singing possibly. Absolutely. Yeah, how did you yes. feel? Yeah. Yes. It was my most identifiable me. Oh my gosh. The way that I and identify the most because that's where I can be the most real. I may not be able to say all the things I wanted to say or defend myself the way I could have or should have or, you know, as a child that you really can't defend yourself. <laughs> right. But when I'd sing, I was able to express and purge and emote mm-hmm. all the things that I needed to express. Yeah. And when it's in a song, then it becomes relatable. People are not necessarily relatable when they're saying what they're feeling, but when they're singing a song, and maybe that's why so many deep songs are so relatable is because people that can write their emotions down and turn it into a song, then it, you know, that's a whole other yeah. thing. But you know, I, I oh, think another podcast. <laughs> it's a whole nother thing. But, <laughs> and I, at the end of the day, I've actually come into contact with quite a bit of experiences where I had to just be like, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. I know. I know. And we only get one. Yeah. And I almost didn't have one. (laughs) That's in the other podcast. I I almost died from leukemia seven years ago. So I especially feel duty to push through those doors because I was given a second chance to live. And I know how fast that can change. Yes. So taking that chance and whatever the outcome may be, it doesn't even matter anymore now for me. It doesn't matter the outcome. It's that I just did the thing. Yes. Yes. It was after my major liver surgery when I wasn't sure what my longevity would be that I took my first singing lesson. Hmm. And my outcome is not that I got a standing ovation. I'm like, my outcome was like, oh, you need two jaw surgeries and three tongue surgeries. But I, that is the one thing that I would have regretted. That is the one thing I thought I cannot go the rest of my life without doing this thing. And I feel, even though I don't have this success, and I'm not saying I never will, not that I'm looking for success, but I'm still like going through physiological, you know, speech therapy and all that. So Mm -hmm. I'm not even really singing properly yet. But even if I don't, I am more like myself than I have ever been by not doing that. Yeah. And going after that, you are seeking, you're giving yourself that permission to give yourself the best chance. And it was my biggest fear of all, Mm. of out of everything in life, which is, this is a too long of a story, but yes, like, what would you say to the listener as we wrap up here? What would you say to anyone that is standing Uh, either in any of those places, maybe they haven't yet opened that door. Maybe they're sitting way back. Maybe they've started to step into it. Maybe they're feeling the fear of other people. Maybe they're worried about judgment, any of those things. Do you have any words of uh, insight or encouragement? Oh my goodness. So many things, but I'll keep it brief. I mean, what do we have to lose? Yes. Yes. That's what I tell myself all the time. What do I have to lose? Yes. Yes. Our next episode (laughs) is going to be what's the worst thing that could happen. Right. Exactly. What's the worst thing that could happen? You try it and you don't like it or you try it and it's it's not your gift. Okay. It doesn't mean you still can't do it. There are plenty of people that are out there singing, for example, (laughs) that can't, you know. Me. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, what do we have to lose? I, I would say the loss is not trying. Yes. 
Yes, and not enjoying your life and authoring it according to you. I what you said is I was most uh, what was your exact words? Maybe like I was my most identifiable, most identifiably me, yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that in that moment. Mm-hmm. Which like sort of lends itself to identity. Yeah, it's so, authenticity. I was most authentic oh, yes. to me in that moment. So for you listening, what is most authentically you? Mm. And we'll maybe leave leave you with that. Any last words, Leslie? Oh, I just encourage everybody to try. Try something. Something what my mom actually asked me this question this morning, if you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what would you be doing? Oh my gosh. What would you be doing? And you know, what's the other question is like, if money wasn't an issue, if you know, the different circumstances were not an issue at all, like, what would you go and do? Or what have you all what's your bucket list? You know, you know, and go do those things, do it, take a day. Take a step. Try something new. You know, even I gave a friend a gift once and it was a bunch of little pieces of paper with different things to do on it. And she'd pick one out and she'd have to go do that thing. And then once she did that thing, she'd pick another. And it was like, take a salsa dance class. Just stuff that she's always wanted to do, but never made the time to do or never felt like she could do or just whatever the limitation was, it doesn't even matter. But just all the things. And maybe that could be a fun little project that you do is just get some paper, like little post-it notes and get a jar and just write down all the things you want to do. I think writing them down too gives it some tangibility. It's a a step to towards something and then throw them in a jar. And then, you know, I know I have a weekend off, so I'm going to do one of these things. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to go and do it. I love this so much. I feel like it's the jar of permission. Ooh. Like you gave her permission. Yep. You know? Yep. And they're little permission mm. slips. Little permission slips. Oh my slips. gosh. <laughs> I think I think this should be merch. <laughs> <laughs> copyright. Copyright. <laughs> oh, that's so that's beautiful. So cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, Leslie, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. I was about to say MySpace, but that was 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And my website, um, all at Leslie Page, L-E-S-L-I-E-P-A-G-E music.com. Oh my gosh. My dream is to have your mom on the podcast. (laughs) I told her about that. She would love to do that. She would? Absolutely. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Game changer. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh thank you okay i'm at Lori sase on instagram l-o-r-i-s-a-s-e or my website if you want to find out about coaching or sign up for my newsletter and that is laurisase.com and if this episode resonates with you and you think someone might benefit and they might step right through that threshold and that leslie's story might be inspiring to them please pass this along we want this world to be full of of people expressing themselves and maybe like knocking through a couple of haunted houses or what, what kind of houses did you say? <laughs> no <laughs> trespassing signs. No trespassing. Okay. I made it into haunted houses. Well, I think I said haunted houses because usually they have no trespassing signs on them. <laughs> okay. 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 There you go. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for being with us. Please just keep giving yourself permission to be you, your, your most authentic you. Yes. And yeah. So we hope you have a great week, everyone. Yes, we'll see you next time. 
has one. Oh, I'm echoing again. I don't hear an echo on my end. Maybe I got too close because one. Yeah, I'm still echoing. Shoot. Maybe it's the excitement in your one. <laughs> Try and like one. And two. <laughs> because two. <laughs> Obviously, I'm super excited because it's like such a life changing moment. I, I was going to, uh, no, I was going to take, no, I'm really hearing my echo. Oh. Uh, I might leave this in because this shows you how excited I am. I just got so. <laughs> That is so weird. Okay, let me just tone my voice down. Because what? Keep your enthusiasm, but keep it back. (laughs) Work your mic, Sase. Work the mic. (laughs) I'm going to have to, like, I'm so so excited about this conversation. I'm going to have to stand across the room. Oh, my God. Somebody get her a fan. (laughs) (laughs) No, I am your fan. (laughs) Literally, I am the fan.